Well, Happy New Year. A lot has happened since we were last here. The Cowboys won twice, (laughs) and the Savior of the world was born. It was a great week. (laughs) Well, as it is the new year, this is the time when we make, a lot of us make resolutions, and resolutions are inherently things that we're trying to do to become better because there's a lot of things that, about being a human that we don't do that well. And so, you know, you could go on and list all the things about that, all the different resolutions that people make of exercising more, eating better, reading more, watching less TV, and all around, everything we take in tells us all the different ways that we're forgetting that we can be better, all the different ways that we've forgotten that, oh, I've left that off the list. I need to be better about my finances. I need to take my dog to the vet more and, you know, use sunscreen every day. There's just the list goes on. And sometimes in times like that, when, I, when I'm overwhelmed by a work project or when I was in school and just the list went on and I didn't see a way out of the things that just were bogging me down about being a human, that being, it being so hard, I would just take a look over at the couch at my dogs. I have a picture of them. <laughs> Aren't they so cute? It's Django and Barkley. And they're not always that nice. But when I take a look at them sleeping, And I just think, it must be so nice to be a dog. (laughs) It must be so nice to just sleep and just enjoy your life and not have to do work projects and not have to worry about conversations that you're gonna have to have at work tomorrow or worry about your finances or your health or preparing for the future, but you just get to sleep and move from the couch to the bed, to the floor, and run outside for a little bit. Because being a human is hard. Being human is hard. It made me think of this bit that Jerry Seinfeld says in Seinfeld, I love that show, where he says that if the human body were a car, nobody would buy it (laughs) because the upkeep is just too much. We're constantly brushing and showering and shaving and going in for checkups, and the the maintenance is just not worth it. (laughs) Being a human is hard. I mean, I remember once getting a pedicure, and the nail technician who was working on my feet said, you really need to be putting some cuticle oil on your toenail beds. And I was thinking, yeah. Okay, I'll add that to the list of everything else that I need to do after doing my homework and applying to colleges and, you know, turning in assignments. I'll add putting cuticle oil on every night. That's really important. That just the list of ways that we can be better, the list of things that makes being a human hard goes on and on. There's a Duke professor named Kate Bowler, who you may know, she's also an author, and she has a book called No Cure for Being Human. And in that she says, being human is a chronic condition. Life is a chronic condition. 
with all the icky stuff that we have to go through as humans, we can start to think that the human stuff, the physical stuff, the getting tired, getting sick, the grief, the suffering, all of that is, is the bad stuff. And then the spirit stuff, that's good stuff. We start to separate the two, and we can even find in the, our scriptures that Paul, make, he opposes those two things. He puts the spirit and the flesh against each other. And so we can start to do that in our heads of thinking that human stuff is bad. And it's the spirit stuff. Only the spirit stuff is good. I remember thinking that when I was working at camp. I was working at a summer camp where, for six weeks, and you get exhausted. And they would tell us that being tired was a flesh thing we had to just fight. That it was giving in temptation to flesh to sleep in, to be tired. That the good thing would be to be energized for all the kids all the time. Being a human is hard. But it seems that God has something else for us about being human. It being the beginning of the year, I felt that it was appropriate to start at the beginning. So listen closely to these words that you may have heard a million times, or maybe for the first time. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep. While the wind from God swept over the face of the earth with, of the waters, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light and the light, that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness. So God created humankind in God's image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, God created them. So what happens in the beginning? It was just God, and then God speaks a word, and light appears, and light is good, and this light is separate from the darkness. And then, if we're familiar with this story, with this passage, we know that God speaks a couple more times and creates the rest of the skies and the stars and the land and the sea and everything in it, but for your sake, I skipped those 20 verses and got to the good part when God says, let's make humankind in our image, in our likeness. And because God spoke it, it was so. Now we just celebrated Christmas and I don't want to be this person, but here I am. It technically is Christmas season right now, and what we were celebrating earlier was Advent. So if you still have your decor up, you are right in season because we are in Christmas season. It ends on January 6th. What we celebrate is the incarnation, that God 
became flesh. And the story that we're really familiar with of that, the story that we read those past few weeks comes from Matthew and Luke, all about Mary and Joseph and the angels and the shepherds. But the Gospel of John also tells the story of the incarnation. John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Sound familiar? In the beginning was God and the Word, the Word who was God. The Word of God created everything. The Word created life and light. And the life is the light of all people. Through the Word is light and light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can't overcome it. Now we know this word to be Christ, but instead John uses, instead of using the word Christ, John uses the word, word, logos, which is something that actually both Jewish and non-Jewish people would have a concept of. Non-Jewish people would understand this to be wisdom and reason, and Jewish people would have a similar understanding, but think of it more as like the creativity of God, God's plan that over, oversees all of life from the beginning. So we know that in Matthew, Matthew, Matthew has a genealogy of Jesus and takes us back to Abraham. And Luke also has a genealogy of Jesus and takes it back to Adam. But John takes us back to the very beginning. Because the very beginning is the beginning of Christ's story. Christ was in the beginning. John wants us to understand that Christ is God. Being in the beginning with God, creating with God. Christ is our source. John continues, and he says, the true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came into what was his own and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the power to become children of God, who were born not of the blood or of the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory 
as of a father's only begotten son, full of grace and truth. So what John could barely describe in broad terms, the word was coming into the world. The universal was becoming particular. The very thing from the beginning, the very thing from the beginning of time beyond time and space was entering time and space and chose to do so as a human. What it says about God, that God would become human, is that God really, really loves us. And what it says about us, that God would become human, is that being human is holy. Verse 14 says that the word became flesh and lived among us. Those might be the most powerful words in scripture. That the word became flesh and lived among us. The thing that is beyond description, beyond words and time, became flesh and bones, muscles and organs, and lived among us. And that he lived among us, it really is that he made his dwelling among us. He made his home with us. The message translation of this, the Eugene Peterson translation, says that the word lived among us, he tabernacled with us. Because the word lived is really the same word in the Greek translation of the Old Testament that's used for tabernacle, which was God's special dwelling among Israel, the physical place where God dwelled. Except this time, God's tabernacle was a human body. So God becoming human means that being human is holy. And God wouldn't become something that's bad. If being human is inherently bad, God would have come as some sort of superhuman, but that's not what happened. We know that God was born from a womb and had legs and arms and blinked and smiled and cried because God became a human. John says that he lived among us, really emphasizing that God lived with us, that God endured all the conditions that a human went through in that first century Palestine, that God endured the heat and the cold and the growing pains and stomach aches and fights with brothers. God endured all of those things. 
God made his home right among us, right in the thick of everything. So that tells us that every part of being human is holy. What the world saw in him, John writes, what the world saw in him as a human was full of glory. The fullness of the glory of God could only be seen in a human. The fullness of the glory of God is in the human body. Being human is holy. The word who was in the beginning, who created all things, who became a human in Jesus, and every experience of a human being he experienced, every part in between his birth and death he experienced. And even in doing that, and maybe because of doing that, of experiencing all those things, not everyone can believe it. Not everyone can believe that God would degrade God's self to become a human. Not everyone wants to believe that God would experience the frailties of being a human. But Jesus says and affirms his identity in John later on in chapter eight, verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus Christ, in the fullness of his humanity, is the light of the world. His light is life. Life is good. The fullness of this life that we experience of humans is light. That's the light of life that Jesus was talking about. To follow him is to affirm that the fullness of humanity, the fullness of life is holy. That's the light that Jesus is talking about. That's the freedom that Jesus wants us to experience. That's the message that is for all, for everyone, that enlightens everyone, that our whole life, our whole experience as humans is holy. As messy and tiring and exhausting and sticky and sad and angry as it can, as it can be, it is all holy. I want to close with this blessing that Kate Bowler, who said that there is no cure for being human, she wrote this this morning. Blessed are we, thankful that we can live our human-sized lives in the glad company of the vulnerable and the broken, the imperfect made whole in the love of God through Jesus Christ. Let us pray.
loving God, we can sometimes feel like our humanity, our bodies, our life is just too hard, that these things are not meant for us to go through, but God, every part of it, you have said, is good and holy. You have shown us that through your son, Jesus Christ. Help God to believe that, to believe in the wholeness and the holiness of life. That every part of it is good. Every part of it is full of your glory, God. We lift this all up in your loving name. Amen.